Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message from our special guest. Good morning, ICC. Love worshiping with you guys. And just came home from a very intense week in the city of Medan, North Sumatra. Any Bataks here? Horas? Yeah, there we go. I love Bataks. And uh, so I apologize beforehand. I've been training all morning and training all evening, two different groups of church planners, and all of it's in Bahasa, Indonesia. So if I slip into Bahasa, Indonesia, uh, you that speak Bahasa Indonesia, tell the person next to you what I was saying. So I meet the maaf sablumnya. Speaking of Bahasa Indonesia, I remembered a funny story of a previous generation of of workers from our organization, the, the same org that uh, Jason and Pastor Donner, Pastor Jason and Pastor Donner, part of. But years ago, uh, there was no requirement to learn Bahasa Indonesia to come and serve here. And this one particular worker came to this country, and he was immediately received by Indonesians because he was a great preacher. He had a heart for God, and he was invited all over the country and preached in Kakaer's revival services. But he was also popular back in America, so when he would go home, he would be asked to speak in large missions conventions. And at this one particular missions convention, he preached every night. And the fourth night, the last night, uh, the pastor, after he had preached and sat down, the pastor said, we are so blessed to have our brother from Indonesia service this week, and we're going to ask him to come to the front and close this service praying in that beautiful language of Indonesian. Well, the problem with this brother is that he didn't actually know Bahasa Indonesia, And so he had always been accompanied by a translator And so uh, while here. And so he approaches the the pulpit and he has an idea. Because, you know, you don't want to admit that you don't speak the language of the country that you're serving in because, you know, the support may drop. And so uh, he had this idea and he said, so let us pray together. Bapa kami di dalam surga. He remembered that part because every prayer in Indonesia is that way. Heaven, our Heavenly Father. Suatu dua tiga empat lima enam. And the church was going, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, amen. And he finished his prayer something like this. Dua puluh delapan. Dua puluh sembilan. Tiga Amen. And everybody said, Amen, 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 Hallelujah. And he thought, got by with that one, you know, and he sat down or he went back to the back and, and he greeted people as they came out of the church and people came out and said, man, we were blessed by your ministry. But that closing prayer was so anointed. Thank you so much. And, and he just smiled. And finally, this young lady who came out among the group, and she was a little shorter than most people there, and she had dark hair and a sweet smile, kind of a brown complexion, and she said, tiga pulu satu, tiga pulu dua, tiga pulu dua. And that's a true story. That is a true story. That, we happen to know the person that did that. Uh, 
But I'm not going to do that with you today. I'm going to speak English. So um, today I want to talk about the joy of living in God's presence. Now, I know that's a simple idea. Every one of us, we're here because of the presence of God. We love to worship him. We love to pray. We love to be with God's people. And what we experienced and encountered while ago, what has become so normal to us that we forget people outside of the church and outside of Christianity, many have never experienced what we experienced just now as we worshiped. And often as we're sharing the gospel with people here in Indonesia, they feel something. They, there's a word in Indonesian that says, the hair stood up on my arm. One word, merinding. And that's what people encounter because we carry the spirit of God in us as his people. Years ago, uh, as a new Christian, I experienced that for the very first time as I encountered him. The very first time that I was convicted of my sins and, and, I, and I came forward in a church that was much smaller than this. And I knelt at the front and I just confessed my sin and, and I just said, God, I need you. And, and as I did, I, I sensed his presence and it was just like liquid love flowing through my heart washing the shame. And many of you know what that's like. That's the presence of God. And the, and, the, and the amazing thing about it is that as I've studied the Bible since then, I've found that it's something that we should cherish. The writer of the Psalms, and most of those Psalms were written by David, said that you will fill me with the joy in your presence. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He said, and there's many of these, but let me read a couple of them to you. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and delight. It's like a magnet drawing David to his presence. And then speaking of, uh, I think this is a messianic prophecy. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. He brought his people out with rejoicing. Say rejoicing. Say it like you mean it. With rejoicing. He brought us out with rejoicing, his chosen ones, with shouts of joy. You see this theme in the Psalms of the joy of God's presence. And in fact, the the psalmist There are at least 57 times that the word joy is found in Psalms, and almost all all of them are associated with the presence of God. The people of God lived to come into that holy place. And at that, the writing of David, when David was king, it was the tabernacle. That was the place we could go and encounter God. We could go and and meet with God. That's That's a place that God visited humans from heaven. And, of course, we know later on that, the and, and David longed for this, but it didn't happen until his son Solomon built the temple. And the temple was so important because that's where we can encounter God. Whatever we need, we could come to the temple and meet with God. And many of you that know the Bible and have, have read the New Testament, you know that now, because of Jesus... We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. But we can know the nearness of God 
through the blood of Christ, through his sacrifice, through his person, through what he did on the cross. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, but now, say, uh, be with me, <laughs> be long, Messiah. Say with me, but now, in Christ Jesus, you and me, who were once far away, have been brought near. So we are near the presence of God because we're in Christ. That is an amazing reality. We don't have to, like, I got to go to Jerusalem to experience the presence of God. No, no, no. We know his nearness now. John says something even more profound. Notice this. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And my father will love them. And we, who's we? The father, the son, and the spirit will come to them and make our home with them. Christ the Son, God the Father, the Spirit is present in our hearts. And I know, I know if you're like me, you say, well, why don't I always feel him? I mean, why does he feel so distant at times? Why do I wake up and think, you know, I'm a child of God, but it doesn't feel like I'm a child of God. I don't sense his presence. Or maybe... You can, you can go to church like this. You can go to the worship conference in a couple of weeks. You can go to an event and go, why don't I feel God like that all of the time? Well, I want to today invite you into a lifestyle in which you could feel and experience God's holy presence more. You want that? There's three people that want that. The rest of you don't want that? So for me, this became very, very real. Uh, My last year of high school, I had encountered God's love. I had experienced the the fullness of his spirit overflowing in my life. But these had been at church events or camp events or youth conferences or special large gatherings. I did not know that I could daily that I could, on my own, position myself to experience God's love. I just didn't know that. And so we had a family vacation. We went to this, this ranch with woods all around, and, 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 and they were, it was beautiful. It was isolated, and, and my family had owned this piece of land for many generations. And it was a long way from our house, so our family went, my dad, my stepmother, my stepsister. And there at the ranch, I remember so being, being so uh, in a foul mood. I was just like grumbling because I had to go with my family on this vacation rather than going to a youth conference in the city of Houston. And here I was in the middle of the woods in a cabin, and there was a lot of tension in our household, a lot of tension in our family. And, and, and there was a, it wasn't a place that was happy. And yet God had worked in my life. And here we were in the country and the, in the middle of nowhere. And I began to go outside during the day. And then sometimes during it in the nighttime. And I began to just cry out to God in my, in my sense of concern about my family. In my aloneness and my longings and yearnings for my future and not knowing what I was going to do after college or after high school, not knowing. And God met me 
And I remember distinctly hours walking in the woods and and sitting by a stream and by a pond and just crying out to God and just hot tears flowing down my cheeks with a sense of God's presence. It was just wave after wave of love. And I knew that God was with me, even in those woods, even alone, even in the midst of our family tensions. And that was so important to me. Why? Because three months later, my stepmother stepmother divorced my father. And then the day after the divorce was final, my dad died of a heart attack. I was 17 years old. My mother had died when I was young. My relationship with my my stepmother was was very shallow, and I felt all alone. And yet, even the night my dad died, I went out under the stars and just wept in his presence and cried out to him in my grief, and God's presence came. And there was a sense that God is with me. He's my father. And that marked my life. Why? Because there have been decades of following Christ where I've experienced God's presence thousands of times. And it doesn't get shallower or uh, it doesn't weaken. It It becomes stronger and more real and more alive to me than ever. And so what I learned is that in those early years that occasionally I can meet God. You can flash this up on the screen. But I tried to draw a graph of being close to God and being far from God. And my experience was, was this. Put, put the graph with the, yeah. This was occasionally having joy-generating encounters with the presence of God. At conferences, at camps, at missions conferences, at, at various gatherings with, with other spirit-filled, on-fire Christians. But most of the time, I was felt far from him. Most of the time, it was more on the low end. Where's God? I don't sense him. Have I wronged him? And then often I needed to repent, which is was true. I needed to ask his forgiveness. But what was so important was the awareness that his life-giving, empowering presence was available, but I didn't know how to tap into it every day. I didn't know how to position myself to say yes to his invitation. You see, God is inviting us into his presence, inviting us to walk with him, inviting us to pour out our hearts to him, inviting us to reveal himself to us. And so what what happened was I began to make it a priority every day. I began to make it my lifestyle. And sometimes I forgot, but then the longer I went in my 20s, the more every day was to get up and enjoy God's presence. Now, next, next slide, and you'll see this. So what happened was at least once a day, I would, I would position myself. Now, I had to have a cup of coffee because without coffee, I mean, God is real, but he's just not real to me until I have a little coffee in my hand. <clears throat> so with a cup of coffee... I start with gratitude and then adoration and then offering myself to him and then various other kinds of prayers. And no matter what I've experienced, no matter how grumpy I wake up, no matter how distant God seems, no matter how low my joy is or how much I'm lacking peace, 
I could find it just positioning myself to say, here I am. Here I am, Father. Here I am. I love you. And through his word, praying his word, and through time set aside daily, what would happen? That I would come back up to a level of knowing, knowing with all of my heart. Or another way of putting it, the joy meter would go up, you know. The peace meter would go up. The meter of like, is God in control? Going up to, yes, he's in control and he's victorious and he's on the throne of my life. And he's my shepherd. He's protecting me. He's providing for me. He's giving me a confidence. And then with the pouring out of my heart to him and casting my cares on him, it's like the worries that come with life, the worries that come with being a parent, the worries that come with having a job, the worries and challenges get cast on him, get transferred to his account, where I'm like, woohoo, free, 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 and alive in him. And that became lifestyle. And I want to tell you with all my heart and all sincerity, and you can ask my beautiful wife sitting here on the front row, this is lifestyle for us. What? Daily, daily, daily saying, here we are, and experiencing his presence. Now, it takes a while. It doesn't happen in five minutes. It takes a while, setting our hearts on him, turning to him. But it could be a lifestyle in which we're living above the plane and often aware. Now, is he more with us than before? No, he's always been with us. But it's an awareness. It's a, it's a, it's a tuning my heart to his presence. It's stilling my soul and not being distracted by him, uh, by the world. Now, What's, what's happened as lifestyle for me for four decades now is going to another level. And I'm not there, but I want to tell you about how to get there because I'm experiencing that to some degree. And that would be the third level, which actually they, I put the wrong chart in here. It's actually one that stays pretty much above the median line that's very, very, very aware of God, rarely down and it's living moment by moment with the overflowing joy of his presence. Now, I'm not there, but I want to be there. And I think I'm learning how to be there. And I want to pass that on to you today, just some ways to do that. But living moment by moment in the overflowing joy of God's presence. How many of you say, man, that sounds really cool. How many of you would say that? Now, come on. You got to want that. That's the longing of every child of God. Let me give you some, tell you of some heroes of the faith that have lived this out. Next slide. One of them is a guy named Brother Lawrence. Read about him years ago in a book called Practicing the Presence of God. Maybe you don't know about this, but he was a monk that lived in the 17th century. He was born uh, in early 1600s, actually. And he... Uh, became a soldier. He was wounded in battle. And in this, in this horrific state in which he almost died, he had an encounter with God. He met the living God through Jesus. Then he turned over his life to him and he, and he experienced his love like many of us have. And in that, God captured his affections, captured, captured his heart. And at the time, 
the only thing you knew to do if you wanted to get close to God was to go live in a monastery. And so he went to live in a monastery, a Carmelite monastery. And there, for whatever reason, he was assigned the lowliest of tasks in the monastery, washing dishes and repairing shoes. He wasn't the leader of the monastery. He didn't give sermons, but he just was assigned to these, plus the practice of praying five times a day and having basically five church services a day. But during those times of repairing shoes and washing dishes, he would cry out to God. He would worship God. He would, he would bubble over with a sense of, of God's presence. And, 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 and his heart was so alive in these simple tasks. He would sing and he would pray and he would intercede. And, and even as he was repairing shoes. And pretty soon the monks, the other monks of this monastery would notice his lifestyle and notice the overflowing joy and begin to inquire, how do you do it? Dude, how do you do this? You know? And as he began to share with them the simplicity of, of turning your heart to God every moment of the day, he was experiencing God's presence that's always available to a child of God. And so people started coming from miles around, even bishops, leaders of the Catholic church would come and sit at his feet and say, teach us how to experience what you're experiencing in God. And then he wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God, that was translated into dozens of languages and sold millions of copies over the years. Why? Because you and I need to learn how to position ourselves to experience the presence of God. There's a, another hero of the faith. His name is Frank Laubach. Frank Laubach served as a missionary, as a worker, in the island of, uh, in, in the country of the Philippines, and he was assigned to southern Philippines, and some of you know what that's like. It's kind of a, a really diarahija, uh, we say, a, a place of, of Muslim activity. And, and yet, in the midst of that, as he grew in his ministry, he began to see that the greatest need, or besides Jesus, was people needed to learn how to read. And so he created this literacy program that became incredibly popular, not only in the Philippines, but all throughout all Southeast Asia, including Indonesia. Sixty million people at that time learned to read through his, his method that he created. During his time there, he wrote 50 books. But the thing, and was called the most influential ed- educator of the 20th century. The thing that I'm so impressed about, most of all, next slide, is his commitment to live in the presence of God. So when he was about 40 years old, he made a decision. I'm going to make sure that every minute that I'm awake during the day, I'm going to turn my thoughts to God. I'm going to think on God. I'm going to, I'm going to remember God. I'm going to, I'm going to meditate on his, his reality, his character, his presence. I'm going to turn my heart to him. And so I want to have this continuous inner conversation with God in perfect responsiveness to his will. Isn't that beautiful? To, 
in order to obey him, in order to respond to him. And this seems to be all I need to think about. Now imagine, you're saying, well, the guy's, you know, kind of off in a monastery or off in the woods thinking about God. No, he's writing books. He's reaching out to lost people. He's, he's incredibly productive while his mind is set on God. And I'm inspired by that. I mean, I'm a long way away from it, but I'm inspired by the idea of day after day after day, not only starting off my day, not only seeking first the kingdom of Facebook, no, no, the kingdom of God, seeking first the will of God in my life, first thing in the morning, turning to him. But later on in the day, when I'm driving in Bali traffic toward Krabokan, or when I'm, when I'm in the heat of a challenge of some of the things that I face as a foreigner living in this culture, in the heat of, of the work that God's calling us to, in the, the seeming three steps forward and two steps back, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the challenges, to have my mind and my heart set on God and responding to his presence, responding to his will, and experiencing what I know to be so profound that almost inexplicable sense of God's nearness and the joy of that, of getting into a grab on my way to the airport and realizing that this, this grab driver, Pakatut, probably has never heard the gospel. And by the way, that's what happened last night coming from the airport to my house, sharing with Pakatut. He'd never heard about Jesus. And then marinding, that's an Indonesian word that means the hair on my arms just stood up, you know. I felt goosebumps, you know. And, and that's what happens. Why? Because we carry the presence of God and these vessels of clay. We carry the Spirit of God, which is an aroma. And, and among lost people, the presence of God is what opens up their hearts to God. And so I live for that. I long for that. And yet, I could be so distracted. And yet, feel like, wow, I haven't, even, I haven't even thought about God in the last couple of hours. But I want to grow in that. I want to I experience that continuously. Well, let me tell you a couple of ways to do that. Let me... Let me suggest to you today, some of you have never really established in your lifestyle a routine, a, a, a practice, a custom of taking time every day to focus on God. And what we're doing here, please hear me. I'm not, I'm not saying so that God would love you. He loves you anyway. I'm not saying so that, that he'll be near you. He's already near you. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, and if you've, you've asked for forgiveness for things you know that have wronged him, then you've received his grace. And he keeps near you. He, you actually can, it, it's really, really, really hard to get away from God's presence. You've got to be in utter and total rebellion to get away from his presence. He's with you. But I want to tell you how you can experience him, how you can know that. And that is to wake up tomorrow and set aside time for him. Next slide. Let me, let me just walk you through it. Let me walk you through the simple, simple steps of doing that. 
One is to make an appointment with, to meet him. And once again, the word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God. So I do it when I wake up. And yet so often we're tempted to, you know, like check latest Instagram or check, you know, seek first Dunia Dalambrita, the, the world news or seek first the newspaper, seek first the latest, you know, your, your WhatsApp group. No, no, no. Seek first the kingdom of God. And in doing that, we could make a list of ways God's blessed us and thank him. We could take time and offer ourselves to God and we could, and we could take time to, to praise him and to worship him. Every day I do these things. Every day I take time to do these things. And, and I look up and I, and I speak out of his speak. It is so easy to, to speak of his goodness and the names of God and praise him. In just a minute, we're going to practice this. So here's my invitation. Why don't you say yes to his invitation to meet with him, to meet with him. If this is not lifestyle to you, I want to encourage you to do it. And it's that easy. You may need a friend to do it with. You may need someone to be accountable to. But I want to tell you the, the first step you take in living in the presence of God is to make an appointment with him every day in which we say, I want to be close to you. I want to, I want to experience your closeness. And I want to tell you with great confidence, as you pour out your heart to him and your burdens to him as well, the meter of peace will increase. The joy meter will increase. The, the, the sense of, of likeness of soul. You know what I'm talking about? That sense of Woo! I feel, I feel victorious. I feel happy because you've transferred those things to God and you've done what we're called to do, what he's intended for you to do. He created you to be close to him, to enjoy him. He created you to know his pleasure, not just in heaven, but today. The kingdom of God is today. And so we can know that every moment of the day. Now, if you've not made this your lifestyle, if this is not like normal morning activity for you, I want to ask you very directly today. How many of you be willing to say, Ron, I will try this for a week. Okay, I'll try this for a week. I'll carve out some time, make an appointment with God in the morning, and I'll do those things. I'll, I'll thank him. I'll adore him in prayer, praise. I'll sing some songs to him, music, whatever. And then I'll, I'll offer myself to him. And then I'll tell him what I'm longing for. And I'll cast my cares on him. How many of you would say, Ron, I'll do that tomorrow? I'll do that with the, by the grace of God for a week. Awesome. Look around. Awesome. I mean, I could just go home happy today. Why? Because I know the power of this to transform my life. And not only that, to transform our world because God uses you and I to transform this world. And it's through prayer. Now, some of you already do this. Some of you are like, this is, this is the, Ron, this is not new to me. I, I, I read my Bible. I, I pray it. I, I know what it's like to connect with God every morning. Now I'm going to invite you to level three. Here's level three. Next slide. 
Level three would start like this for me. We did this in our church, by the way. Over 500 people committed to do this, and the stories are still being told today of what happened. You got a, you got a hot pay, uh, cell phone, and you could just punch in an alarm. Maybe, a, maybe you have a Fitbit or a watch, an Apple watch. You could punch in an alarm for every hour, okay? Every waking hour. You don't have to do it in the middle of the night. I don't, but I'm going to do this. In the waking hours of my day, once, a, once an hour, I want to make an appointment, and whatever I'm doing, I want to take and do a three-minute prayer. How many minutes? Three minutes every hour. Now, if you could... If you're doing more than that, awesome. If you're spontaneously calling on God, and if you're, if you're like stilling your soul and hearing him throughout the day, keep it up. But I'm telling you, for most of us, we get distracted in work and whatever. And to come back to God once an hour is victory, man. It's life. And so literally, we did this experiment. I said, let's just try this. So over 500 people in our church said, Ron, I'm committed to this. I said, great, let's do it together. And so I remember Monday morning, I was in the middle of a meeting. At my 9 o'clock hour, the, 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 the phone went off, and I said to, this, to the staff, excuse me, and I went to the bathroom, closed the stall door, and I did this. The three things, you know. Gratitude. Adoration. And then offering myself to God. And then I came back into the meeting, you know, led the meeting. In fact, actually, the meeting went actually better than normal. And then driving, you know, the alarm goes off. Okay, I'm not going to close my eyes. But I'm going to keep my eyes open, pray prayers of gratitude, prayers of offering, prayers of praise and adoration. And then three minutes went, and then, and, and what happened was even when I forgot I mean, the alarm would go off and I can't right now, but I would do it the next hour. But the point is, try it. How many of you would like to try it this week? Okay, there's like, raise your hand really high, like you're bold and like you're committed to it. Okay, look around. A lot of people. Ask your connect group people, hey, how's that going? How's that going for you? I guarantee you're going to go, you know what? I feel closer to God. Does it mean that God's closer to you? No, he's, he's close to you now. But I feel him. And you know what you hear when your alarm goes off? Whatever sound your alarm makes, pretend that it's saying, I'm inviting you into my presence. I'm inviting you to enjoy me. I'm inviting you to walk in my spirit. Because he really is inviting you and me to do that. He's inviting us, saying, hey, come on, be with me. I want to hear your struggles. I want to hear your, your, your gratitude. I want, to, I want to meet with you and reveal my love to you. I want to pour out my love in your, your heart. Because that's what life in him is about. Amen? Now, we're going to practice, so please stand with me. We're going to practice three minutes. I'm going to set my timer. And uh, I never teach something without 
having people practice it. So right now, I'm going to the timer, and I'm going to start. And what are we going to do first? For one minute, how many minutes? One minute, we're going to pray prayers of gratitude. Whatever comes to mind. And you got to pray with your mouth open and, and words coming out, okay? You don't have to shout. The person next to you is praying their own prayer, so don't worry about them. Just pray prayers of gratitude. But I need to hear you. God needs, God invites you to speak it out, okay? So prayers of gratitude. And then what kind of prayers? Prayers of offering and then prayers of praise. Ready? I'm going to time us. Starting right now. Let's go for it. Lord, we thank you today. Come on, speak it out. Whisper it. Thank you for the joy of being home with my family last night. Thank you for my grandkids and my kids who are with us. Thank you, Lord, for giving me health and strength to do what we did last week. Thank you for all the people that I met and the sowing of the gospel that happened every day. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for IC Center and how gracious and warm people are here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for awesome chicken enchiladas last night. Thank you for your, your faithfulness. Thank you for an excellent night's sleep. You know how tired I was. Thank you for an on-time trip, Lord. What a miracle that Lion Air was on time. Thank you, Lord. Now we want to shift to prayers of of uh, offering ourselves to God. And you know, everything that you count as yours, now take a, take a minute and just say, Lord, it's yours. It's not mine. Your talents, your money, your, your spiritual gifts, your home, your, your, your wealth, your education, your future, your relationships. Okay, so let's go for it. One minute of just offering everything you can think of to God. Lord, this is... This is my offering to you, my body and my mind. I offer to you, Lord, my relationship with Janine. I thank you so much for my kids, all three of them, and my grandkids. Thank you so much, and I offer them to you, Lord. I want those relationships to be so full of life. Lord, I offer to you our, our days here in Indonesia Offer to you, Lord, our motor, my motorcycle, my car, my house. Offer to you my work. Everything that I'm doing, Lord, is actually your work. I want to. I want to live fully offered to you, Lord. All of it, no, no holding back. All of it's yours. I know I'm fully alive when I'm given over to you, Lord, and I want to live with total, total surrender. Amen. Now, prayer number three. See how easy this is? This is so easy. It's prayer of gratitude, prayer of offering. And right now, let's lift up his name. Praise and worship at its core is acknowledging who God is. So just speak out his character and speak out his name. Lift him up right now together. Ready? For a minute. Just lift up your voice to him. You are most high God. You're merciful. You're mighty Lord, you are faithful. You're patient. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're Adonai, Elohim, Jehovah. You're my healer. 
You're my strength and my song and my victory. You're, you're the most high God. You're the boss. You're overall. You're sovereign and powerful and faithful. Lord, you're good. You're so, so, so good. Lord, we love you today. We love you with all of our hearts. You're great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you that you are nonstop in your mercies. We praise you that you're a God who delights in us, even though we're not worthy in any way. We thank you. We thank you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Three minutes. How was that? How was that? Imagine centering your heart every hour on the presence of God. You can do it. I can do it. I'm so excited about what's going to happen this week. So excited. Before we close in prayer, I want to pray for all of us. I want to believe God to do what he's going to do. I just know it. He's going to, he's going to give you a fresh sense of wind in your sails, your spiritual sails. But before we do, I had this impression this morning on my way here. And by the way, I drove my motorcycle and it got muddy, but hey, you know, that's, that's life in Indonesia. But on my way here, I was thinking about, God, what do you, what do you want to do today? And I just had this impression that some of you, when I talk about the presence of God and the love of God, some of you can't relate to that. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Because it's so different than religion. It is so, so different than religion. It is so different than us trying to earn God's favor or earn forgiveness or earn heaven. We can't do it. It's the grace of God that invites us into his presence. It's the blood of Christ that makes us worthy. It's the spirit of God that pours out the love of God in our hearts. Our God does through his spirit. And some of you have never experienced it. And some of you haven't experienced it in a long time. You know what I'm talking about, but it's been a long time. And today I feel particularly stirred to just say, come on. I want to invite you in. I want to say, you can experience this today. It's a matter of just just positioning yourself and just saying, Lord, I invite you in. I invite your presence into my life. I need to know, not just in my head, but in my heart, in my emotions, that you love me. How many of you would be brave enough to just just, just slip up a hand and wave at me and just say, Ron, that's me, man. You're, you were stirred to pray for me. And I just want to pray for you right now. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to know, hey, I'm praying for you. If that's you, just, you know, just know it. Just know it. Right now, just know it. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ is a God who pursues you. He's after you. In a loving way, he's the hound of heaven pursuing you, saying, I love being with you. Now, we're going to do a closing prayer. But this closing prayer is a prayer of, of saying yes to his invitation for all of us. The Lord is inviting you into a different level 
of experiencing him. And our, our response is to say yes. And our prayer is basically just posturing ourselves to say, here I am. And as we open our mouth and do what's very, very natural for a Christian, then we know more of his presence. You want that? Let's pray that. And so this is our closing prayer today. And then the musicians will take off and we could worship it. I want you to put your hands like you're holding a beach ball. And I want to pray a blessing over you. And just, I want to speak God's blessing to be poured out on you. And now, Father, as I come before you, I want to, I want by your grace and authority to impart to your people not only a yearning like David had for the longing for the presence of God, but also a confidence that you long to meet with us. You long to, to have us meet with you. You long to take a walk with us. You long to meet with us. You long to encounter us wherever we're at because we are your temple. Our bodies are your temple. And we, the people of God, are your dwelling place. And so even now I say, let this be a a week that rocks the world of ICC. A week that changes our perspective because we're more and more enjoying your presence, not only every morning, but throughout the day. And so, Lord, every person that's raised their hand and said, hey, I want to try that, remind them. Every person that says, hey, I want to I wake up tomorrow and make it, the first thing I do is to seek you. Help them, Lord, to do, experience what I've experienced, which is a grace to do this every day. Lord, encounter them. Fill them with the joy of your presence. For those of us that say, I'm setting my alarm. I'm turning my heart to him. I'm looking toward him. I'm turning away from worthless things to you. Lord, change our lifestyle through making these simple steps, Lord. And may we encounter you. May we encounter you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, Turn to the person next to you and say, may you encounter Jesus in a way you've never known him this week. Just just speak it over him. Just say it. May you encounter the presence of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.